How much time do you want? All your progress. Progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Well, it is the first full week in May. 2021 and the country is kind of sort of trying to open up Uh, various state legislatures are passing incredible laws to revamp uh, votes and uh, I think people are uh, wilding out a little bit because it's warming up allergies are running high uh, and so we're grateful here today on May 7th, 2021, I've got Dr. Reverend Dr. Brenda Hayes is in the house. We've been missing her. Dr. Hayes. Hello. Greetings. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think today is a hodgepodge day, May 7th, 2021. Uh, so much is going on. Uh, we, we saw uh, a sixth grader. Taking a gun to school, if that doesn't pull at the heartstrings of our society, we, we see um, just businesses opening up and not having employees to hold those spaces, the service industry, uh, because the service industry was impacted so incredibly with uh, the pandemic, with coronavirus. And and so uh, I think it gives us great pause to think about the inequalities and, and the living wages, not necessarily a minimum wage that is necessary uh, to help those in the service industry, including pastors. How about that one? Um, and then we, we also have uh, the ending of the semester where we are seeing graduations in person. Uh, salute to the class of 2021 for uh, finishing strong and finishing well, both in high school and at colleges and universities. And to our faculty, staff, and, and students uh, who have weathered this interesting storm and so and the allergies dr hayes the allergies and so we were talking the other day it's just a lot uh we were talking the other day and you had raised the issue of the concern or even the question around uh you, you didn't think that you would see in your lifetime the dismantling of the democracy that it makes the united states uh, what it has historically been, not a theocracy or a monarchy, but a democracy, the power of people coming together to make a difference for all, a federal republic democratic state. Uh, let's talk about that for now. How, how, what, do you, what do you say? What are you seeing? I think we've taken it for granted. I think we thought it would always be and 
nothing could ever change it, but at best it is a fragile reality and it only it only can persist when uh, those people who care about it make sure that it does. And so we see the disintegration of the Republican Party reflecting a, a, a great disregard for democracy, uh, wanting to take away people's, uh, I won't say right to vote, but making it hard for people to vote when they should, in a democracy, be glad to have as many as they can to come out and vote and express themselves because that is what we call government of the people, by the people, for the people. Absolutely. And and really, um, when we think about it, if, if, if we had, um, if we could recall our civic, social studies, and even uh, U.S. history, um, a representative democracy where we have taxation with representation. And for mm-hmm. a long time, we have not had representation, but have been extremely taxed. And the tax burden has been carried by the middle class and the poor. And and here's the thing. Uh, the taxes support our social programs, the socialism. We have socialized schools. We have socialized police. We have socialized fire departments. What that simply means is that I can call 911 without having to pay a bribe, and the fire department will come and put out a fire because it's supported by tax-paying citizens. Same thing is true about the police departments. The police departments are supported by tax-paying citizens. One of the things that I find kind of interesting, and and I'm saying this because when we think about what makes this country what it is and our our roads, the infrastructure of our company, our roads, the reason we have potholes in some neighborhoods is because the tax base is not as high as in other neighborhoods. And so the gentrification, all of that, follow the roads and you'll see where the tax base is. And the taxes also support our public schools. Our public schools are free. K through 12 public schools are free. And it's, and we have a great public school system. But one of the things that I was looking at as I received, um, the, my, my 2018, uh, IRS, um, statement saying that I, I owe even more in taxes and I, I became really livid. And so I called the tax advocate, uh, taxpayer hotline and I, uh, the IRS department has been reduced in, in force because of the pandemic. But I started doing research, and I've been audited twice. And and I thought about um, how, how do these audits actually work? And I know in my case, my income dropped substantially during the recession. Uh, during the years of 2010 through 2012, my income dropped substantially. And and then I was a, a graduate student finishing up my doctoral studies, and so I was living off of a m- minimal income. You know, by the grace of God, the ravens fed me. But but for me, as a as a pastor and, and as a, uh, a a faculty person, um, to know that I, I, as a single person. Um, that I don't mind paying my fair share of taxes because 
I love living in the United States of America, and I know what it means to be a tax-paying citizen. I have worked since I was able, literally, to chop cotton and to mow yards, and to I know what it means to work hard and do your do your do your part to to make a change. But the thing that is troubling to my soul, and and this is this is beyond bipartisanship, and this is what our representative democracy is all about. What troubles me, Dr. Hayes, is when the one percenters can evade taxes, can, can have offshore accounts, and, and then get excited because they have not paid their fair share. What's troubling to me is knowing that we have such a, an income gap that that those who make under five hundred thousand dollars a year, and trust me, when you say you make five hundred thousand dollars a year, that's a whole lot of money. But depends on where yeah. you live in the country. It absolutely sure. means nothing. If 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 my rent is twenty five thousand dollars a year, that's just the rent, not including the utilities, the internet, etc. Not my food, just my rent to live in a an apartment and I only make $50,000 a year then half of my income is going to where I live and it becomes a burden and it becomes painful to understand that maybe the homeless population in California is homeless because they can't afford the rent and, mm-hmm. and those who I mean, it's the inequalities is so incredibly uh, unfortunate. And then to know that the more that you make and the better that you do in terms of your intellect and, and education to be a good citizen, whatever that means, to be a good taxpaying citizen and to realize that you got billionaires that ain't, ain't paid a dime. You had a former president who, who was elected. Who's smart. Yeah. smart. He yeah. was a, he was elected to 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 run a country that was supported by taxes, and his tail feather didn't pay any. What's wrong with that picture? And and what's wrong with folks who think that that represents their interest? Lord have mercy. Let's talk. I feel like Jesus needs to come and and, and overturn the tables again uh, with with the tax collectors and all of that <laughs> stuff. Taxation uh. without representation. It is vexing to the soul uh, when things seem so unfair and lopsided to the advantage of a few, while the vast majority of people are struggling. There is something wrong with that picture, and that's what needs to be fixed. And I hope that our representatives, quote-unquote, We'll fight the good fight and make sure that the laws that are necessary to make things more equitable uh, get it, get passed. But I think we have to continue to uh, uh, put out the call that something is wrong, something needs to be fixed, and I think. Many of us have just struggled to get by and to get along. We don't. We don't usually complain. We don't, you know, um, hold people accountable like we should. And when we don't do that, then th- th- that's 
sliding down the slippery slope where the more rope you give a person, the more they'll take. And you look up one day, as we have today, and see that you have been grossly taken advantage of and that your un, uh, unwillingness to speak up actually says volumes about um, your giving them permission to mistreat you. So I think stirring up our uh, public around these issues is good. I think that we need to flood our places of gathering with the information that we need uh, to let our voices be heard and that we don't sit back and just take it. It's time to speak up and to speak out and to stand up and to represent ourselves to some degree because those for whom we have voted uh, seem to have forgotten why they were elected. As you were talking, I I went to the image of a scene uh, of um, one of my favorite movies, and I may have to watch it. Um, It's a scene in the movie Glory, and Glory was about the uh, uh, 35th or 31st Regiment. I'm going to get it right. Um, And the scene was, uh, the film came out in 1989, and it starred Denzel Washington and um, 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 Morgan Freeman. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it followed the Battle of uh, Antietam uh, uh, with Robert Gold Shaw uh, as the commander in the U.S. Army. And, and anyway, in this particular scene, um, when uh, the character of Denzel Washington was, um, he had been brutally beat because he wanted to have shoes and his 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 character's name was private trip and but anyway in this particular scene he um they had received this 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 um this this film uh they had received um it was the 54th massachusetts infantry regiment of the union army um the first african-american regiment in the in the american civil war and in this particular scene um Private Trip gets a check, and he tears it up. He looks at it, and he automatically sees that it is not representation of all the work that they have done, and it's not equitable like their white counterparts. And so he encourages his, his uh, uh, company uh, to just tear it up. Don't, don't sell your soul for a mess of porridge. Value yourself and see yourself in it. And it was an act of great protest in, in, in that film. And, it, it, and he showed his own agency. Um, and, and one of the things that I, that I see is that we have settled so much because we have been socially conditioned to just let it slide, to be good people. Yeah. Uh, I lived yeah. in Nebraska for almost 15 years, and they had the slogan of Nebraska nice, which simply meant that they internalized a lot. They smiled on the outside, but I'm sure on the inside it was wreaking havoc. But sometimes you just can't be nice because, as my mother would say, they run all over you. You know, stand up for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Don't let anybody run all over you, make a monkey out of you. And I think that's where we are. That that um, 
that we'll get labeled as radicals or um, leftists or communists or socialists. And those, those words are okay in the exact sense of their meanings. Egalitarian, that's beautiful. All things are equal. That's lovely. That's the economy I believe that God wants us to have. But here's what I want to ask you. What happens when this spirit of capitalism, as Max Weber, a uh, historical sociologist uh, who gave us the spirit of capitalism and the Protestant ethic as it, as it plays itself out in the church, that, that somehow there is not much division, that we too even have maybe taxation without representation. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if the church universal is mimicking society or Lord Jesus, if society is mimicking the church. And I'm saying the church in the United States. Um, and as the United States goes, so goes the rest of the world. What does it mean to be a public servant, not a politician? What does it mean to serve? What does it mean? Those are all, you know, those are all real nice platitudes and ideals uh, to embrace. But the reality is, is not that. The reality is always being that, that we have emulated the oppressor. We have taken on their ways, and whatever ways that we gain power, um, we utilize that power in many of the same ways that the oppressor has utilized uh, his power. And this is, this is human nature. You, you, you learn what you live, and you live what you learn. And uh, we have in many ways learned their ways and all mixed up in the politics of acceptability we emulate them. We do the same things that they do. And as they, as we have been oppressed, we tend to oppress those who are under our supervision or under our control or in our homes. Same things happen um, for our families uh, as we see happening in, in other uh, areas and on other fronts. And so this is, this is, Partly, I believe, human nature um, to just produce whatever you have experienced. And without thoughtful and concerted effort to live a life outside of what has happened to us, we have to, first of all, be made aware, and then we have to make a decision that we want to be different. And then we have to be willing to put forth the effort it takes to be different, which, which requires a tremendous amount of consciousness. And the average person really doesn't have time, really doesn't have energy uh, to make the kinds of personal changes that we need to make. That's why it's so important for us to raise our children in certain ways that they don't develop the habit of being pushovers. You know, we, you know, in many of our families, 
children are basically abused. You know, they're beaten into submission and whipped into compliance. And then you expect them to grow up to be uh, representative individuals. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of counterproductive. And I think many of us have found different ways to raise our children, too. And some of us have just gone overboard on the other side and given them everything. Now they don't know how to work for anything. And so we, we, we're dealing with a lot of social issues. And you, Dr. Cooper, I'm sure, are aware of all of these dynamics in families. And I think that's where it starts. I totally agree, and the configuration of family uh, is inclusive of the whole village. That, uh, especially for Black folks, we have we have had um, universal um, disciplines that that would take place, especially in in the church community. That if Miss uh, Miss uh, uh, Mary Francis told you to sit down, your mama ha- wasn't going to look at her cross eyed. Uh, because it was a community kind of thing, but now mm-hmm. uh, the the discipline and or the lack thereof, even the lack of respect, um, uh, has has been this thing has been brewing for a long time. In other words, this this systemic breakdown of consciousness, a systemic breakdown of compassion, a systemic breakdown of love and care that seems to have all been co opted by the easy thing to hate. And to um, and to divide and to let anything go um, uh, because of and and the beautiful thing as you were saying is is upholding free will that we do have choices and and those choices we have to take responsibility and to be ultimately accountable to something that's greater than what we see and and what we believe that energy. Um, if I always say when I'm teaching, um, teachers, um, is this, you know, you want to be on, you want to be remembered as the favorite teacher and do all that you can to be remembered as that favorite teacher, or, or you will be remembered as that worst teacher, the the teacher that caused the students to not want to, um, be active, uh, an active participant in their own education. And so, um, so, so I'm saying all that to say that the energy that we amass temporarily in our earthland vessel is that energy that lasts forever. And we want to be remembered on the good side of history. We want to be remembered by the good that we would do. Whatever that good is defined as, to be just nice, nice, sensible, caring people who gave a thought to, to their neighbor, to somebody else. Rather than being self-centered and focused on what I can amass, what I can create my micro kingdom and, and really care about each other. And I hope that the pandemic of, of uh, 2020, the lessons learned have not gone in vain. I really hope um, that we can be better. We can, we can make this world a better place uh, by looking at ourselves in the mirror. Any other, uh, and, and to pray for equity with our taxation and representation to change the hearts of both Democrats and Republicans. I'm calling them all out. 
We need taxation with yeah. representation. Representation. Yeah. And I th- I've heard several of the representatives say that the people expect us to produce, to deliver uh, on the promises that we, we make, and we do. And uh, and I'm hoping and praying that many of them will, especially the new brand of of politicians that seems to be coming to the forefront. I hope more will come. Uh, the ones who really have the heart of the country and the people. And I, but I, but but I still see that we're going to be uh, pushing uh, against the prick, so to speak in terms of the capitalistic goals. And we have to make we have to make it plain that capitalism cannot continue to thrive on the backs of people. It has to thrive on the cooperation of people. It's just like it was you know, they're a they're trying to gather the business people together to speak out against these these voter um, these new um, bills that they've passed to make voting difficult. And I think it's important for business people to, to understand and recognize they're only in business. They're only making money because those of us who are willing to spend our money and buy their products and use their services. And so, therefore, you have to value the customer. And that's one of the things that we have kind of lost. And I think the customer must demand uh, to be treated as as one who is valuable because without the customer, it's like without the voter, without the people, none of the power structures could continue to persist. That's the wokeness that is needed in our society today, I believe, Um, that we must understand our own worth, our own value, and how we play into the greater scheme of things uh, and not allow business people and politicians to, to wield power over us but to have power because of us. All right, Dr. Hayes, somebody is knocking at my door. And on that note, we're going to end this podcast today to be continued. I think it's my maintenance, people. God bless you. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again stay safe and well